1: what it means to be alive in Christ. That is up next on Times of Refreshing. Join us. We use that term, alive in his spirit, but what does that mean? That's a Christian term. How do you... How do you flesh all that out? Well, that's what we'll do today and tomorrow here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community right here in Livermore. If you'll join us, we're in Romans chapter 8. That is where we catch up with Pastor Napoleon as we explore this dynamic of being alive by his spirit. It's an exciting look at God's word and faithfulness and love towards us. Here's Pastor Napoleon now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing.
2: We have to understand that when you're born again, you're born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Literally, God has taken the divine nature and placed His divine nature inside of you. And so within this shell, there really is the old Adam and there's the new Adam And so, what happens is, every single day of our lives, those two natures are fighting against each other, a warring within you to gain supremacy. Who is going to win? And the nature that you feed is the nature that's going to survive. So, if you're constantly feeding your flesh, then you're going to cause your flesh to gain more strength in your life. But if you deny yourself the old you and continue to feed the new you in Christ, then what happens is the nature of Christ begins to emerge. And we're going to see this here. And you become strong spiritually. Being spiritual isn't just coming to church. It's not just singing a song. It's being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ from glory to glory. Your new nature begins to emerge and your old nature begins to die. Now, let me say this. It doesn't mean that just because your old nature is dying that you can't have fun in life. You have a good time and enjoy life and, and, you know, be, be. But what happens is for all of us here, we have to realize that there is a period of time where all of us internally will feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable, because the old you doesn't want to give up its rule in your life. Your flesh The old nature doesn't want to give up its rule, and so what happens is we go through this moment of transition within ourselves where our old us is dying, the new us is coming alive as we're feeding the new us, and then what happens is we begin to mature spiritually. That's what spiritual maturity is all about. My nature is being changed, and my new nature is beginning to rule and govern me, and I'm no longer governed by my old nature. That's true spirituality. It's not just how many scriptures you can quote and how much you speak in tongues or how how many amens you can say. It's, is my nature being changed, and am I becoming more and more like Jesus every day? That's what we want from the inside out. And so the Apostle Paul, as he is dressed the church at Rome, he says here in verse 1, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, who do not walk according to the what? According to the what? But according to the Spirit. He says, who do not walk according to the flesh, meaning they're not allowing their old nature to dictate policy within their lives anymore, and they're no longer ruled or governed by their old nature. I'm not walking according to the flesh, he says, but but according to the Spirit. A lot of times we quote the first part of this verse, but we neglect the second part. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And so condemnation begins to lift off us as we begin to journey in this walk with Christ, denying our old nature and then embracing our new nature and feeding our new nature. And then now, instead of us feeling guilty and shame and all those things, that condemnation that comes with us being in rebellion is God— God lifts that off of us, and now we begin to enjoy our walk with Christ because we're actually walking with Christ. Because we're actually walking with Christ. He says in verse 2, we're looking at verses 2 on down to 4. He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Somebody say free. He says, free from the law of sin and death. For what the law, and when he's saying law here, he's referencing the law of Moses. Jesus Christ did not die just to eliminate the law of Moses. He died to institute the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So it doesn't mean we're lawless. Doesn't mean we're lawless because we're in Christ now. It just means that God now is giving us strength. And we'll look at this here. He says, for the law... Of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, the law of Moses. For what the law of Moses could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That, somebody say that. That the righteous requirements of the law of Moses might be fulfilled in us, Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the what? Spirit. Now this is powerful. So God, he knows that humanity is going to experience redemption through his son, Jesus Christ. He sends forth Moses. And Moses gets the law and commandments. He gets the Ten Commandments. He gets the moral law. He gets the civil law. And he gets the ceremonial law. God gives it to him. Moral, civil, ceremonial law. He institutes it. And that law becomes a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And so God tells us, if you read the Old Testament, he tells the children of Israel the things that he likes and the things that he doesn't like. And there are civil, moral, and ceremonial He tells you what to do. He tells us what not to do. The only problem was the law of Moses could not complete us. But it could prepare us for the person who could complete us. The law of Moses was designed to awaken and keep man's conscience awake. To godliness and to righteousness and to all those things until Christ came. When Adam fell, we all fell. Because all of us came through Adam. That's that's the thing that's really amazing to me about why human beings always fight over race. You all came from the same person. Can I have an amen? All of you, I don't care what skin color you have, you still got Adam in you. And that same Adam... The same Adam that fell in the garden is the same Adam that keeps making you fall. It's called your flesh. We can get to the devil, but we gotta get to the we gotta get to the enemy in me. Our nature is bad. It doesn't matter what color you are, your nature is bad. My nature is bad. My old endemic nature is bad. When Adam fell, I fell. You don't have to teach your children how to sin. They just start doing it. Because their nature is defective. And so what happens to, for all of us here, listen saints, what happens is, Jesus, I mean, God comes forth and he awakens our conscience through giving the law and commandments, civil, ceremonial, moral. But the problem with the law was, and its original design wasn't to perfect us or complete us. It was to prepare us. It was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So now, now watch, saints. Now, because God wants complete redemption, restoration, and healing for humanity, he sends forth Jesus, his son, and Jesus walks upon the face of the earth he gets into the same shell that you have and he lives a perfectly perfect life never sinned and what he did was he conquered he conquered the ability the strength and the power of the flesh by getting in an earthen shell and living a completely perfect life in the sight of God our father and he fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the law now watch this he fulfilled it the devil tried to get him to slip up the pharisees came to try to get him to cuss the devil start moving in trying to tell him that 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 if he just fall down and worship him that he give him all the kingdoms of this world The devil tested him and tried him and tried to buffet him the same way that he tests and tries and and buffets you. But Jesus never for one moment gave in to the influence of the enemy. He never once gave in to the the influence of his old endemic nature or or to the old endemic nature. He never gave in to the, the influences of the flesh. He never did. And he... In an earthen body, he c- conquered the earthen body's influence and he b- rebuked the devil. So what I'm saying is this. What the law could not do in that it was weak, in that it was weak towards the flesh, Christ did. He says Christ did. Look what he says here. He says, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Why? Because he never allowed sin to, to get a hold of him. That the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And this is a beautiful thing about his saints. Now, this same Jesus who got into an earthen shell. Condemned sin in the flesh by living a perfectly perfect life in a human body, he died as our kinsman redeemer. He rose from the grave and he sits on the right hand of the Father. Now that same Jesus that's on the right hand of the Father that overcame sin in the flesh is the same Jesus that when you repent of your sins and you release your faith in Him and you ask Him to come into you as in, into, ask Him to come into your life, then that same Jesus now. <sighs> Gets down on the inside of you. And then that's when the battle takes forth and takes place. Because now I want to do right, but I feel something trying to pull me to do wrong. And I know good, but then I know some bad in here. I got some great thoughts, but then I got some bad thoughts. And I got this internal struggle. I got this war going on. And what's going on in me? I feel like I'm going through this This. This transformation i'm going through this and what's happening is there's a fight in you because now you got a new nature and this new man that went to the grave got up out of the grave and is sitting on the right hand of the father this new man is now alive inside of you and his nature is beginning to form and you're beginning to become more and more like him on a day-to-day basis as you study as you pray as you do the things that you're supposed to do to feed that nature And then what happens is now you start thinking about things that you never used to think about. And things become priority that never were priorities in your life. And then you find yourself wanting to pray. And then you find yourself wanting to talk to God. Then you find yourself wanting to do what's right. Then you find yourself telling your friends, nope. Then you find yourself saying, I don't want to get involved in that. Then you find yourself going through this wrestling match. Can I have an amen, y'all? And it's real. This isn't some, some, no, this is a, a real thing that's taking place in your life. Because the same one who overcame in the flesh is the same one that's overcoming the flesh in and through you. Now you have a different, you have a different posture and position as you're facing opposition from the devil and from temptation. Because now you got another warrior in you that knows how to fight, that knows how to win, that knows how to be victorious, that knows how to do right because he did right. Can I have an amen? amen? And so the Apostle Paul is telling, he's telling the church of Corinth, I mean the church of Romans here, he says, listen, he tells the church at Rome that this is what this is all about. The law told you you were wrong, but never gave you the power to make it right. The law of Moses said that you can't, you can't do this, but never supplied you power. But grace says you can't do this, and I'm going to give you power so you don't have to do it. Amen. Can I have an amen? And this power comes through being infused with a new nature. The problem that we have sometimes is that we don't know how to, to yield to the influence of the divine nature of Christ in me. The Bible says Christ in me is the hope of glory. The Bible says that I am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. That's what we have to get. That, wait a minute, there's a new nature here. I don't have to do what I used to do because of him. He's alive in me. Can I have an amen? Look what he says in verse 5. Let's go to verse 5 to 7. He says, for those who live according to the flesh, their own nature... Set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit. The things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded. Naturally minded. Worldly minded. Is death. But to be spiritually minded. Is life and what? Peace. Because the carnal mind. Is enmity against God. Is hostile towards God. The old edemic mindset is hostile towards God for it is not subject to the law of God it says nor indeed can be so we have to see here that part of our problem also saints is that we have to develop the right mindset that's where the battle is waged it's in your mind the devil is going to wage war against you in your mind that's where it starts before it gets to your heart, it's going gonna, it's gonna to wage in your mind. And if we are setting our minds on things of the flesh, then what happens is, um, he says in verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. We can't set our minds on the things of the flesh. So all you think about is just what's going on in this planet going on on this planet and the only thing that's on your mind is just fleshly things and you're not living in view of eternity, then what happens is you're not, you're not number one, you're not enjoying the fullness of the, of the experience that you could be having with Christ. And you're not enjoying what you have going on here on the planet in terms of God even giving you life here. We have to realize that we're, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And that we have to see this world through heaven's view. But if our whole thing is just, is just earthly and worldly and, and fleshly and just, how does it satisfy me? And all those things Then we're missing out on what God is trying to do. And people set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's all they think about. Fleshly stuff. How's my house? How's my car? How's my stuff? I, I need this. I need that. And, you know, I did, and it's just all worldly. And then they don't open their eyes to see that there's more to this world than just meets the eye. Can I have an amen, y'all? And so what happens is people are fleshly minded. But those who live according to the Spirit... He says the things of the spirit. When you become spiritual you, start spiritual, you start growing up and maturing from a spiritual standpoint, from the inside out, and Christ begins to, to grow and move and live within you, and you start to become more spiritual. God starts opening your eyes to see things for what they really are. Jesus walked through the streets of Jerusalem, and he wasn't impressed with the phylacteries of the, of the rabbis. He wasn't impressed by this person's money. He wasn't impressed by what this person was saying and that person was saying. And, and he didn't look at the world and, and get impressed. He looked at, he saw what was really in this going, what was really going on. He said, Have not I chosen one of you, and one of you is a devil. He said, He said to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he said they were whitewashed tombs. They looked impressive. But he saw it differently. He was able to be in the world, but not of the world. His mind was right because he set his mind on spiritual things. And we have to understand that, that God is looking for us to be spiritual people. That means we, put our, we, we set our minds on spiritual things. If our minds are just concerned and consumed with worldly things and the things of the flesh, then we're, we're setting ourselves up with, with, for failure. Let me ask you this, I'm just going to say this from a fleshly standpoint, you know, how, I mean, I mean, and I'm, Lord help me with this, but I I, got to say it, say, I mean, how much, how much sexual perversion do people need to see? I mean, how much, I mean, how much, how much of this stuff, are they just going to just, for the rest of our lives, just keep pumping us with this stuff on television, how, I mean, how many pornos do you need to see? How many? I mean, because listen, lust is a taker. It's never going to be satisfied. So, so if you're just going to keep pumping yourself with this stuff, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to have a great marriage. You're never going to enjoy the person that God did place in your life. If, if you, just, all you, all you, you just want to see this all the time? But that's what happens when, when we set our minds on the things of the flesh. If that's the thing that consumes your mind. I mean, how many, how many selfies are you going to take? Amen. Can I have an amen? How many? We saw your face. <laughs> now, I'm not against selfies. I'm just saying, how many? I mean, how many? How many? We saw you in this pose. We saw you on that pose. We saw you in this one. We saw you on this one. We saw you throw up the dubs. We saw you throw, we saw your gang sign, you know. How many? Look at your neighbor and tell him. He's not talking about you, is he? Say, so some of y'all looking at your Instagram account right now. Y'all done went on Instagram. <laughs> y'all looking through there like, oh. <laughs> He talk about me! I mean, how many? I mean, you don't have one. You don't have one scripture on there. Nothing. At least give me one scripture. But we set our minds on the things of the flesh, we get so fleshy, fleshy, fleshy. And then we start feeding, and it's a mindset that needs to be broken. Look at verse 6, y'all. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Do we want life, and do we want peace? Well, we got to become spiritually Minded. Our mindset has to change and we have to allow God to get our minds off the earthly and sensual and fleshly things and put them more on spiritual things. But we don't want to be so spiritually minded that we don't enjoy our lives and different things. It just means that when you become spiritually minded, that's when you do become earthly good. Jesus was earthly good because he had a spiritual mind. Then the same Jesus that walked upon the face of the earth and lived a perfectly perfect life, that same Jesus is in you to help you to overcome and to rule and to govern your flesh and to take authority back and to realize that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have him in you to help, to help you, and so do I. He says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Look at verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Look at verse 8. So then those who are in the flesh cannot do what? Can't please God by walking in the flesh. Saints, we can't. There's no way that we can possibly... The old Adam has to be crucified. The old you has to be crucified. So that the new you can live. And so what happens is for all of us here in this room, we have to realize if I'm walking in the flesh, I'm living according to the flesh, I'm setting my mind just on the things of the flesh, there's no way possible I can please God. I can go to church. I can sing the songs, but it doesn't mean I'm pleasing God. And that point that I'm trying to make here is that at some point in our lives, we have to make this transition in our minds, that my mind belongs to God.
1: Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website,